Hey, this is Dave. This is Tim. And this is Dave and Tim. No, okay. and Dave. I got Tim and Dave. I, yeah. Yeah, okay. This. Well, we testing? should actually add that into the show. Hello, everyone. Hey, guys. This is Tim. And this is Dave. This is Tim and Dave. The weather is. The weather has been just ridiculous lately. Um, I mean, it's been alternating between very nice and a little bit overcast. I just, it rained yesterday, did it? Yeah, or, yeah, it did. Someday recently. I just, I just, I don't know. I'm just so sick. I mean, it's, it's. I had a dream last night though that it was snowing a little bit. Oh yeah. In in May, I don't, I don't know what the. I had Let's, a lot of weird dreams. Like I've hmm. been pretty lazy actually. Was there anything else interesting about the dream, or just the everybody? Snow? I think everybody w- was contacting me to tell me, hey, listen, Dave, it's snowing and it's in May. Like it's as if like like. It happened, so it must be told to me that I it's see. snowing. So I don't know. It's if very interesting. I get, how, would no, psycho, how would you psychoanalyze that? I was just that? about to say, no psychoanalysis jumps out into my head right now. I don't know. Maybe the idea that like everything's like everything's happening to someone, but you're not hearing about it. Like I, I, may, maybe the feeling of there's something going on and everyone's privy to it, but you. And there's a sort of paranoia about it. If I had to psychoanalyze right now. That's what I would go with. But in the dream, people... Everyone were, was telling you. Yeah. That, but, Dave, did you... Did you it, it was snowing. Yeah, so like, that reflects your anxiety that in reality, there's something going on, but no one's telling you. Or maybe, Tim. Okay. Maybe the... the May, oh, it be, oh, I get it. It's, maybe it's because you're a closeted... Um, <laughs> and that, and, okay. uh, a closeted Beanie Baby collector. Yes, yes. Like, I just open up my door and all the Beanie Babies are popping out. No, I feel like maybe I, I I take it as a, almost like a self confidence thing where I uh-huh. think people to de, people depend on me to know what's going on. But they're they're telling you they figured they figured it out themselves. But then they're thinking, oh my god, it's snowing in May. I know David's so stupid; he's not even going to notice. So no, I better no, no, call no, no, him no, and no, tell him. Not that he, they want me to know, so maybe we can talk about it on the podcast. Maybe oh, okay, that is that it? Is, is where that it? we are. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to our latest episode of uh, Tim and Dave uh, yes. Dream Readers. Uh, oh, hey, there we go. <laughs> there you go. That would be a great idea. Dream Reader by Tim Yo, and Dave. listeners, like... <laughs> if you have dreams, like send them to us and we will discuss them at length. I actually really want this to happen oh my, now. Yes. All right. So please go to our Facebook page and just uh, just go about doing uh, the, the dream interpretation requests and... Yeah, that'd be that'd be pretty that'd be pretty interesting. Be a good segment. I like dream interpretation. Like I, I was always good at it, wasn't I? I think you, you were good. always asked me to interpret your dreams, and I think I did pretty good. I think I ask. I think I asked the question a lot in general. So okay, maybe. I, I think I enjoy the supernaturalness of it because uh-huh. I think there is. I think there is a basis. You think there's to, something. I mean, I have dreams constantly about my teeth falling out. That's a common one. I've never had it though. Like I know it's a common one that everyone talks about. I've right. never had that like common dream though. Well, they say supposedly people who have like that dream of teeth falling out, it comes it consists of them feeling like they don't have control over their yeah, lives. I know. Uh-huh. And that like and plus I've always had sensitive teeth. Like I'm sensitive about That's my true. teeth. Uh-huh. Um I don't know if the viewers know this, but like I have two They don't. They uh, don't know this. Yeah. Uh, listeners, excuse me. I don't think you know this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Listeners, I don't think the listeners would know this, but I actually have two uh, capped teeth, well, three capped teeth actually, two of which are metal, and they had. Th- what happened was when I was younger, probably mm-hmm. I was like nineteen. Okay, um, I would take gobstoppers uh-huh. and put them in my mouth. 
That's the story. Gobstoppers, yes. huh? That's so, the story. So instead of sucking on a gobstopper like, you know, a normal human being uh-huh. would, because gobstoppers, uh-huh. ladies and gentlemen, are these hard pieces of, like, it's like a jawbreaker. Those are just, they're just things that you suck on and they dissolve. But I don't know. I thought it was a really cool idea to, instead of sucking on them, and put them in my mouth and then break them open that's my that, that's your story of youthful indiscretion yes man back when i was 19 i was riding my hog i had my leather jacket no one could tell me nothing so i would just pop them gobstoppers in and i didn't suck on them i i, I crunched into them that was me back in the day man but no i've grown up since then i'm uh, i'm not as wild oh my god yeah i tell- by the way have you ever had a lucid dream a lucid dream do you know what i refer to um, like you kept on waking up. And- no, no. Lucid means like you're dreaming, but in your dream, you're you and you're fully aware and you're like fully, because normally, you know, when you're dreaming, you right. might be you, but it's like something's happening and it's like you're watching. A lucid dream is like you're there and you're in full like sense, sensual control. I think when I was younger, I felt like I had more lucid uh-huh. dreams. When I, have I got an, older, I had. I have an interesting story about lucid dreams. For a while, when I was like five Richard or six, Simmons. Yeah. Oh, oh boy, that that that's another story from when I was five or six. Okay. So when I was real, when I was real young, like five or six, I would I had like a period of time mm-hmm. where I regularly lucid dreamed, and it was always the same thing. I was on some chessboard, right, and I could walk around, talk to the different pieces, and there were a bunch of doors on each four side of the chessboard, right. Mm-hmm. One door looked exactly like one of the closets in my house. Okay. And whenever I opened that door and walked in, I would wake up. This would happen somewhat regularly. Okay. Once, the last lucid dream I had, I was, okay, I walked around the chessboard, regular lucid dream. I opened up the closet, stepped in, but didn't wake up. So, like, I felt this sense of panic. Right. That, like, I could never get out now. Yeah. So, I tried it over and over and over again, and it didn't work, and I was panicking. Right. But eventually, I did wake up. Yeah. And then after that incident, the first time... I became a chess champion. Exactly. <laughs> the first time I couldn't wake up by doing what I used to do, that was like the last one I ever had. Go figure. Do you have dreams about flying at all? No, not at all. I know some people that have like loads of dreams about flying. And I just... I, I, I have had a couple of them... Where I could fly, but I was I could I not. I thought control. we had an anti-flying policy in effect. <laughs> we need a passport now. Oh, interestingly enough, about passports. Um, so this is not news in the sense that it's just something that people need to remember. If you live in the state of Pennsylvania, ladies and gentlemen, really, uh, yeah, your state ID will no longer be valid. To I heard use that. On I an heard airplane. that. Yeah. Why is that? So supposedly back, um, I guess, under the Obama administration. New regula- it's Obama's fault. Well, I wouldn't say it's Obama's fault. It's probably NSA, and I just anything about just the point is okay. So there was a legislation, federal legislation passed that said that certain security measures must be taken for the state issuing IDs, uh, so that it's not, I guess, for security reasons, not copyright or mm-hmm. not, not able to be copyright, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Well, Pennsylvania chose not to do that, and because of that now, they are of the states now that are being slated to not be eligible to be using state IDs for even domestic flights. So if you really? want to go wow. yeah, if you want to go on an airplane, you need a passport. You need a in passport America. in America. Yeah. And, well, aren't and, they going to okay. the Some of the states are that were categorized with are like, I don't know, like South Carolina, North Dakota, like Pennsylvania. What are you doing? Why are we why are we with these other states here? Like we're, we're wow, Norton, North Dakota is getting we're, we're going we're going opposite of what Man. Pennsylvania needs to be doing. Like I'm just saying, this like podcast, I did. I was not hoping that we were going to, you know, start targeting North Dakota, man. 
That's not the saying, enemy to make. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Like I've known a guy. I know a guy from North Dakota. I actually I know. traveled Europe with him for a little yeah. bit. Oh wow, this sounds weird. Go ahead. No, I met him on Europe. I met him in Europe. He was from uh-huh. like, awesome guy, cool guy. Um, had a Canadian accent, kind of makes sense. Yeah, it's closer to the border. Close to the Anyways, border. so so yeah, so yeah. I guess I guess in dreams, I, I don't have a lot of flying dreams, but uh, I, it's just that when I do fly, I don't feel like I'm in control while flying. But some people mm. are just like superstar flyers, so I don't know. Interesting. Uh, speaking about following your dreams, okay, let's like, hear like that segue. So, have you heard about the Billboard Music Awards? No. All right. So the Billboard Music Awards. Uh, I, uh, ladies and gentlemen, he totally has it. We talked about this before the freaking uh, podcast. Okay, and... you don't want to reveal, you know, the the behind the scenes goings on. <laughs> so, my... right, so the Billboard Music Awards is kind of like uh, a music awards for Hollywood. Blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Ego stroking, whatever. So this year, I uh, was unaware of this until uh, a couple people brought it to my attention that one of the awards um, was going to be having a nomination from a from a. A group of individuals who are singers from Korea. Uh-huh. So you this, couldn't just say Korean singers. A group of individuals who are singers from Korea. This just a group in of a Korean BBC, singles. This just did in BBC. The, the the London Underground is. Shut up, Timmy. Just Anyways. in the BBC. <laughs> just the BBC. Usually the BBC is just in. Go ahead, David. Anyways, Timmy. Um, what was I saying? Right. So the. Korean band is called BTS. So BTS was nominated to be part of this award ceremony. Mm-hmm. And they're going up against like the big wigs like Justin Bieber, mm. uh, Selena Gomez, Ariana Grande, that mm. guy who plays that Blink song. Blink-182. No, Blink-182. Maybe they were in there Lincoln Park. No, no, not Blink-182. The point is like these big Panic wigs. at the Disco. <laughs> Fallout Boy. <laughs> I'm just thinking names now. Um, so they were going up against these like big time teen idol you know, music stars, right? Uh-huh. And this is the first time that this award ceremony has ever had a Korean band inside the ceremony. Mm-hmm. And the premise is, is that those who get the most like votes on Twitter or call-in votes or text votes or whatever will win the competition or win the award. Well, lo and behold, BTS did win. And it's it, pretty crazy. Yeah, it is pretty crazy. Thinking about it. Like the it, kids are really into Korean pop these days. See, that's the thing. Like back when we were kids, I uh-huh. think Japan was the sexy culture to be in. Yeah, like everybody time. was talking about uh-huh. Japanese ramen. Did you see the sushi bar? Anime. Like anime. Yeah. Like reading manga. Like uh-huh. I, like that was like the hot cool culture to be like the the culture to be about. Now, yeah. nowadays, Korea is like it's so weird because like super ba- super again, big back in our day when Japan was a thing it was kind of like me and you we were like eh, we're kind of more into Korea yeah you know? yeah no. like we were like nah Korea is cooler to be into than Japan yeah but nowadays it's Korea is the cool Korea thing. is a cool culture I wonder what like you know the hipster types like we were when we were young I wonder what country they've moved on to it's like you guys you're so into Korea that's so lame we're into Bhutan <laughs> Bhutan's culture Paul is so much better yeah, man. I, I remember when we were kids like everyone was reading manga manga uh-huh. was is japanese comics but yeah. then you and i were i think the first com- the, mo- the first asianic comic quote unquote that we were into was a manhua something was demon diary yeah, yeah that was it. that was a korean manhua and uh-huh. nowadays in america they don't really publish english translation of manhua anymore oh really no they do not hmm. like you go to barnes and noble or whatever it's all the pre-packaged you know japanese stuff like yeah. And I can't honestly fathom to read any of it anymore because it's all the same stuff. I mean, we're, we're getting older now. We really can't. Yeah, we're not connecting sure. as we used to as 12, 13-year-old boys. Uh-huh. Um, but I remember when I was a kid, I didn't have any cable. Mm-hmm. Um, and we didn't have any internet at the time, actually, yeah. either. I had like a Windows 98 that could barely 
you know, play Age of Empires. But I remember, and this is, I guess, when we were kids, probably eighth grade. Eighth grade, definitely. It was WYBE. Uh-huh. It was like this public broadcasting station. Yep. In the Philadelphia area, it's and you still got ex- real into that Korean still, soap opera. It still opera. exists today. So no, I, no, no. WYB doesn't exist. It's Mind TV now. Okay, okay. It's a lot. It's a lot worse, actually. <laughs> well, it's same, same, same premise, different, different, um, different uh, name. So at ten o'clock, they would play like Korean KBS news. Okay, uh-huh. and they didn't have it subtitled, but out of just you know pure interest, because again, no internet, no cable. This is what I got, mm-hmm. and God forbid I open a book, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Continues so. to this day. <laughs> Um, so they would play, you know, the Korea news, and I couldn't understand any of it. But then eventually, after watching it for one time... You learned Korean. No, I did not, okay. unfortunately. Um, uh, they had Korean soap operas at 11. Yes. And that's when I got totally addicted to uh-huh. K-drama. These kids don't know how good they have it. Nowadays, you just go to Netflix. You're right, you're right. You go to, you go to YouTube even. Uh-huh. You go, you can download things. Like, yeah. back in the day... No, if you want to watch a- K drama, you had to stay up till eleven o'clock at night. Yeah, watch your thirty to forty minute K drama every Monday through Friday. Mm-hmm. And if if you went to summer camp, you better ask your mom to whip out the VHS oh, recorder. Yeah. I know, because and guys, this is honestly exactly what happened. When I went to summer camp for two weeks, I asked my mom, "Please just record my K drama." <laughs> like I just wonder what my mother was thinking when she was hearing her her young, growing boys telling her to record Korean Very soap operas. Deep and unabiding disappointment. <laughs> Well, little did she know that this that young man would become a world trekker. So maybe yeah. that was. So the, here's the thing, I, I just, like like you we say, we were into it before. Yeah, 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 cool. yeah. You say these kids these days they don't know how well they have it right, in that right. sense. It's kind of a philosophical thing you got to wonder about. I mean, like if it were so easy, if it were so available, if you could just open your computer and click on it. I don't know. You probably don't develop the attachment you do when you just happen across right. it at eleven in you know eleven at night. Right, it's right. this totally random thing you never even heard about before. Right, and it's like just so cool that you're watching this like really unusual true. thing. I think that's true. I think I think that, that's why I loved it so much. I don't yeah. know. Maybe our, maybe our listeners can relate to this because because. Because to me, it feels more yours. You develop the connection. It's not like you went to high school and kids were dropping like, yo, you see the latest K drama episode. Yo, man, you see one million roses last night. Yo, yo, yellow handkerchief was on. Yellow handkerchief, man. It was. It was. It was. It was mostly. It was mostly. Um, God, I don't even. What was it? What was big back then? High school. I don't lost. I know lost was lost. I never watched it. Oh no, I didn't either. I didn't have cable. Was it? Was it on cable? Yeah. No. 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 It was on ABC. I would not. I still never cared about. God knows. But yeah, me. I never got really into. To the soap operas, except the one me and you watched together years later. I was really into the historical dramas. Oh yeah, where it was totally based off like that. major historical events, usually centering around like big time military right, storylines. Right, right, right. Like there was a great one, Yisun Shin, about right. the uh, Korean um, Japanese War. Yep, yep. Um, Dejo Young, which was about um, the Gogorian Kingdom being invaded by China. Sure, right. Age of Warriors, which was about um, a brief period in. Korean history where the military seized mm-hmm. control. Mm-hmm. Like, that was what I was really into. And they really, really don't make them like they used to anymore. No, no, no. I Here's think... the thing, actually. Let me talk about if there's any Korean historical drama aficionados listening, I bet they'll feel strongly about this. Yes. I think 
So Korean Korean dramas in general are really a lot more popular now than they used to be. Oh, what's popular entirely, aren't yeah. those historical dramas, but what's popular are the more soap opera yeah, romantic like, stuff. Like CEO, so, yeah, falls yeah, in love yeah. With intern. That and was then... a good one. That's exactly what we want. <laughs> what do you mean that's a good one? Like literally, almost all of them are like that. Like <laughs> right. rich man becomes or something, and then he falls in love with this like like helpless young woman who eventually somehow saves his corporation yep. from utterness, and then her own, and then his oma is all like, I don't approve. <laughs> Of this marriage <laughs> and then there's always like that side relationship with an older uh-huh. couple one's like maybe a newspaper delivery guy and then the other person or the or someone owns a coffee shop and like and somehow they're all interconnected but then there's always that one plot line that's left off the edge like wh- they just did not continue with that i mean they anyway, all have the same situation anyway like, anyways go on so anyway i think the fact that korean drama especially the soap opera types right. have become so much more popular like especially internationally. Right, right. I think when they go to make a historical drama, they're like, we got to shoehorn elements of this in. Right. And it has to be like a blend of historical right. and romance drama. Right. When normally they would just focus on a historical drama, mm-hmm. they would always dramatize it, but it would be fairly historically accurate. And there were much more serious productions than they are now. I just, maybe I just think it's a lot, a lot of the historical dramas were propaganda for the Korean government. Oh, big time. And I Definitely. just wonder maybe their agenda has turned to a different could be, could perspective. Be. Maybe, you know, Which is developing bad. the military. Yeah, more, uh, well, no, if they want to develop their military, shouldn't they be all about these military dramas? Oh, no, no, no. I totally understand why the premise is there. I just, I just I'm curious. I haven't done the research to really look why yeah. has the production value of it has changed. But they've fallen big time. It's very sad. You know, not to berate the topic, but I know the Chinese actually are coming get to their heyday for cinema. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, it's interesting. It just just East Asia in general is it's very interesting about seeing the progression of entertainment and how they are influencing or being uh, being transferred to the general Western audience. Uh-huh. And I know that Chinese cinema is becoming huge. Chinese animation, actually, really, I, I haven't heard not, much. Uh, they have, Hong Kong cinema has always been pretty yeah, big. Well, yeah, for but sure. I haven't heard much about mainland China cinema. They're, well, I don't know if it's about so much mainland China, but it's just that that's the, there are there are good things coming out of Asia. I think I think you know, listeners, if you're if you're interested in in finding something new and crazy, like that's not just, you know, CEO falls in love with intern or Japanese. Well, anything Japanese. Anything. Um, the Chinese have just, I think, I forget the name this of the show. Podcasts making enemies, North yeah. Dakota <laughs> and Japan. I love Japan. I love, I, love, uh, I love all different types of different cultures. But if you just want something new, there's this new uh, Chinese animation. It's kind of like SAO. Look it up. It's become a huge hit. It's The premise is, you know, some, some players in a video game doing stuff. Okay. But I hear it's really good. Like, mm-hmm. I hear it's super good. Um, but in any case, uh, so that's what's going on in the entertainment field. And I guess where that segue was while Dreams is following your dreams ladies and gentlemen oh okay wow they like that if bts could just go off and do their oh yeah that's what we were talking about right yeah something like that so really the korean boy band won yeah very nice good for them that's pretty much the full circle of that conversation okay good for them (laughs) but the news cycle this week is kind of uh yeah speaking of international panorama like that one now there's a segue for you so donald trump (laughs) donald trump took his like first international trip it was okay. like, I don't know if it was the past week or a little more, two weeks, week and a half, whatever, but it has been nonstop comedy. Have you been following it very much? To be honest, I have been working 24-7 yeah, right. on our podcast. Today. Oh, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> I just, just couldn't work. It's so hard on uh-huh. this. No, I have but Go on. To, uh, inform me. So what's been so going on? Fir- the first stop was in Saudi Arabia. I mean... I- you must have seen this picture when they're all holding the orb. No, you didn't see the orb. No, Are you serious? No, I, I swear. It's like I swear. It's I like not. they're in a dark room, right? Like right. seriously, a dark room, 
and there's this orb on a metallic stand. Right. And it's a glowing orb. Okay. And it's Donald Trump and some other guy and the king of Saudi Arabia. Right. Like, holding the glowing orb in a dark room looking at the camera. Why? It looks like... I don't, it's some sort of ritual, but it looks what? very... It looks very a sinister. A ritual. A ritual. I, I, I believe a it's Syrian some, ritual. Yeah, Syrian, Saudi Arabian. So, oh, sorry. My yeah, bad. My, my bad, guys. My Actually, bad. There's an astounding difference. Yeah, obviously. But anyway, but yeah, it's, I guess I guess it's some sort of traditional ritual, but it looks very sinister. Where does it? Okay, well, if you don't know any more things about the ritual itself, but yes. And then there was like you know there was this sword dance in Syria, Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia. Okay. <laughs> like you know festivities. And, like, you know Steve Bannon, right? No. Trump's advisor, Steve Bannon? Is that the guy that was his Breitbart? Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. That okay, guy. Okay. And, like, there's this, like, gif out there of him at these, you know, Saudi Arabian <laughs> festivities. And, you know, they're dressed in their traditional Saudi Arabian garb with, garb with the head thing and everything. Like Breitbart is? No, no, no. The, the Saudi Arabians oh, okay, are. Because, okay, okay, okay. you know, it's all Saudi Arabians. And, like, he's in the middle of a big crowd of them walking around. And he just <laughs> has this look on his face like, where, the, where am I? I don't like this. <laughs> I don't feel comfortable. This is not my safety zone. <laughs> exactly. That's a great song, though. What else? It was a good uh, safety dance. Do 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 do. Yeah, there was a um. With oh, this also brings us full circle with the new French president Emmanuel Macron. Oh, yeah. Which listeners, by the way, he listeners, won, by the way. I, I know we didn't follow up on this, but Tim called that episode three that Macron was going. Everyone to win. called it. That's not really too impressive. Everyone knew. Uh, uh, yeah, listeners. No, everyone, I, wait, no. We're, we're going to delete that part. No one was saying Macron was going to win. <laughs> I called that. So French political parties, if you want to pay me tons of money to, uh, to what's the word? Uh, console with you? Consult. Consult with you? Yeah. Give me a call. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, he won. So like Trump and Macron politically are yeah. very different. Yeah have very different mindsets. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, they were sitting down talking, you know, that regular photo op, they got chairs kind of leaning in towards each other. The camera and media is right, in right, front right, of them right, and they're right. sitting down talking. So like they finish their conversation and they like, you know, do the handshake. Mm-hmm. And it's like this really awkwardly long handshake. And you kind of, you can like see Macron like holding on to it. <laughs> and and like, Trump, Trump's like, like Trump's hand goes limp and he tries to like shake it away. But Macron's like just holding on to this handshake. What, 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 do, did we get an explanation as to why this No. Was... It's just a weird, awkward handshake. I mean, the idea <laughs> is that I guess Macron wanted to. I don't stick it to Trump. Like, I'm going to show you, America. I'm going to give you a really awkward handshake. That's a very French thing to do, isn't it? Like, like that's that's France's diplomatic arsenal. Like, their president's just going to give you an awkward handshake. It's like, that's probably what the French president at the time was thinking back in World War II. Like, we don't need to worry about Germany. I'm going to go give Hitler this awkward handshake. That's going to take care of it. We don't need to have oh a military strategy. Oh, my God. That's why they lost that war. They didn't lose it. They just got totally taken. They lost. They didn't- <laughs> America and Russia won. Right, France no, lost. Totally, totally agree. Okay, totally agree. We totally go. agree. UK uh, a little bit. Yeah, well, I mean, geez Louise. I mean, the UK was going to hold out at that point, even if we didn't get in. Like, Germany was never going to invade the UK at that point. I don't know. I mean, but the UK never would have beaten Germany either. It just would no, have been a stalemate. No. I think I think that was that's, that's pretty prevalent when it comes to World War II history. Oh, and another, my favorite part. What? So, there's this, I don't know, NATO meeting, right? Mm-hmm. 
where the heads of state of all the NATO countries are meeting. Right. And obviously the media is all over the place. Mm -hmm. So they shot this one scene where, like, you know, they're all walking down the hall or whatever. Right. And Trump just comes up to walk towards them. And he, like, pushes the prime minister of Montenegro <laughs> out of the way. <laughs> Man, he's it's just not, another fun one. It's not doing much good for our public image. But then you know, again. I don't... I mean, it's a, it was all, like, trumped-up stuff. Like, <laughs> probably, yeah. Stuff like this happens. and like. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? But it was just funny. It was nonstop comedy. Um, handshakes. Do you have a firm handshake? I don't know. Let's go for it. All right. Let's see. This here. is how... All right. Let me get all in right, the handshake right, let's, okay, mindset. Let's, let's, just make, let's just make this into a scenario where we just meet. Okay. We don't really know each other. Hello, sir. I'm glad to meet you as part of our business venture <laughs> to open up. <laughs> I... <laughs> I had an idea in mind that I was going to say, but it's too dirty your for the podcast. From Craig, your picture yeah. from Craigslist is, is, is immaculate. What the hell are you? Yes, let's see your handshake, <laughs> sir. That's how I do a handshake, just think, like this. I think mine's firmer than I yours. I think yours is firmer. I think yours is too firm. You're aggressive. <laughs> mine is mine is more, you know, appropriately firm. Yours is like, what's this guy trying to why, prove? Why are you so close to your body when you're doing it, though? Like, Am I too close? All right, let's do this again. All right, All right so, let's so do it again. Doing, it's like, hey, how are you? I'm hey, Dave how's Sel it going? I'm Dave. I'm Dave. I'm uh, I'm me. How's it going? Uh, I'm hey, Tim. Hey, me. Hey, hey Tim. Tim, me. Okay. So that <laughs> hey, was... I'm me. I'm Timmy. <laughs> okay, so what's what's my diagnostic? I think I have a bigger hand than you. Let's see. You think? No know. way. No, no. I definitely. think I'm about the same size. It's about the same size. So that means your hands are disproportionately again, large. I lift and I have a better grip than you. Yeah. I so your like... hands are disproportionately large because yeah. I'm bigger than you, but our hands are the same I th size. I think, I think my ham shakes firmer. I know some my people. My wrists are thicker, though. I know some. Co let's see. All right. Hold on. Let's well, you're the, th you're the one who brought this up, right. not me. Well, let's not, maybe it's a little thicker. Ye okay. All right. I like, I like how quickly you wanted to shift away from that conversation. <laughs> I know this something. guy's got a weird complex about his wrists. <laughs> I do, I do, don't I? Uh, I, I? I know in some cultures that handshaking is not meant to show bravado. It's it's actually it's actually more cogent, in the, uh -huh. especially the Korean culture, to, to have a have a lighter handshake. Like yeah, I can imagine. And I think it, too, it's 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 more of it's more of the idea of humbleness rather than the show of power. Uh -huh. You know, and I, I've shaken a, a, a Korean hand or two, <laughs> and uh, I can say that I'm usually a firmer gripped. Uh -huh. Handshaker. This is a subtle assault against the uh, no, Korean no, 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 people. No, I think I think almost in a sense they find it more noble and more honorable to, and more, almost even more manly like, to yeah. not firmly shake a hand Makes because sense. it's like, it's a I, firm handshake is like barbarism to them. That or like could, what our hands are together, you got to squeeze. Yeah, or, that's not right. Or or it could be a sign too of overcompensation. Like you don't yeah to like prove to anyone about a hand. But in America, like Emmanuel you, Macron, you need a firm handshake. You need yeah. a firm handshake to Makes be sense. a real man like mm. to, and like to, in america like if you i think a lot of people are judged by their handshake i know for a fact for myself uh i i i'm actually perceptive of, of a person's handshake and if i don't particularly enjoy a company of a person i will firmly shake their hand like you know really i want you to know that i am not at the best standpoint with you and i want you uh -huh. to know that you try coming after me. Yeah, that's what it if is. You try coming after me. Uh -huh. You've got somebody to reckon yes, with. Yes, that's you know what, what I mean. Like that's... I think that's really the psychological basis. And of I feel it. like, but, but, like but, I'm not no nobody. I can I have some strength. Yeah, like don't yeah. don't mess around. Like, but uh -huh. they're being cordial. Yeah. you know what I mean. Now I know if you were like if we were part of like um. Um, what do you call it? A Masonic guild. Uh -huh. They have like certain handshakes to yeah. show you what like like. So shake my hand again. Okay. Any excuse to touch you. So yeah, I know. what they do is like instead of like you know shaking their hand like a normal person, they would like put their fingers up like right there. Oh, and you I know see. What rank they are? So uh -huh. it's kind of weird. But then again, hmm. I think that's a little too much touching and. 
I just I just can't. That's just a lot of. And plus, now I want to wash my hands because now not that I think you're dirty, Tim, yeah. but I just feel like I don't like touching other. Just, just, I just hands are dirty. Like I won't let people touch my pencils and pens. Really? I hate. Seriously? I can't, one year I got super sick and uh-huh. I became so wow. ill about that. Yeah, no, no, no. Like I just, I work with a lot of, a lot of people, uh-huh. and uh, things can come around and go around. And it's, it's just, it's just, it's just, just too much, too much, hmm. too much. Uh, speaking about being a real man. Ooh. Okay. Okay. So um, I'm now, gonna... now, now our listeners wish they were viewers. <laughs> um. I'm in, in the market for buying a suit. Okay. And I've never bought in, in my life a suit that fit me or, uh-huh. or anything of that you nature. You just bought it off the rack. Well, like a chump. Well, I bought. Well, I did. I didn't buy it at all. It was uh-huh. like, the, I think the most recent suit I had was one I had probably in high school. Uh huh. Um, but now I'm coming to of an age where I want to have a suit, a fitted suit. Mm-hmm. I mean, nothing like a bespoken custom suit. Like, that's just. Not right now in my yeah, life. Yeah. I can do that. Uh-huh. I really, I should be doing that. It's like me buying a Rolex right now. It'd be stupid. Uh-huh. So I, I went to the mall and I shopped around and I wound up at this one place that I really liked. It was called the Suit Supply, uh-huh. and they had a really good range of suits. Uh, they they put me in them. They made me try on different aspects of it. Uh-huh. And I kid you not, it was it was a really cool experience. I really liked it. There was this one li- label or one brand I liked or one model I liked. It was called the Napoli brand, uh-huh. and that's actually where my family came from. Napoli, hundred, a couple hundred or a hundred or so years ago, to was, our chagrin, to our, <laughs> to your chagrin, yeah, 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 yeah. potato eater. That's true. <laughs> um, no, but uh, and so I was like, okay, and it fit me well, you know. And I don't know, I liked it. Have you been really ever shopping around? No, I never, ha- never had a suit. I don't think I've ever. I mean, maybe when I was like real young. So when you went on interviews, you didn't have a suit. No, I just wear pants, shirt, you know, like a dress shirt and a tie. How many interviews did you go on last summer? Oh, for my current job, three or four, not three or many. Four, and all of a shirt and tuck go figure. By the way, speaking of like dressing well. Yeah. So when I dress for work or any kind of, you know, occasion where I should dress well with slacks, shirt and a tie, right? Yeah. yeah. I always have my sleeves rolled up. Never. Always do. Never. I just don't feel right. Like, okay, if I had a suit, obviously the dress shirt underneath right. would be rolled down with the right. jacket on. Right, but right, I don't right. know. When I'm just wearing slacks and a shirt, I always have the sleeves nah, rolled up. I, I always have my sleeves down. I very rarely put my sleeves up. Mm. A lot, too, is logistically it gets wrinkled, so I'd have to just get it on. And then we, yeah, we but at, if you have your... ironing pile I got I going. See, oh, now. boy, okay. I see There, there is some things yeah, that need to be... if you have your sleeves rolled up, it doesn't matter if they're wrinkled because they're rolled up. Every time, though. But when you want to wear them down... I never want to wear them down. <laughs> Okay. All right. Well, I know that's just an idiosyncrasy of my dress. Regardless, yes. Um, so the suit supply. I, w- I will say this though about the suit supply. Their advertising campaign. I don't know if you've ever seen it. You showed me. It is super sexual, super misogynistic. It's very crude. It's crude. It's and then, crude it's for sure. It's coming for. It's interesting. You're calling it crude. Uh-huh. Like. I think I have a higher sensibility when it comes to these certain things. Hmm. I think I'm a little bit more. Um, mindful of that i would say uh-huh. than, than i would say you are you are more matter of fact but, mm-hmm. for, for, but for you to say even it's crude, it's crude i think i don't know so listeners if there's if you want to just check it out i mean like there are in these in the advertising campaigns honestly are, it makes them look low class it looks like it they're does, a low class does. suit purveyor so it's these scantily clad women being dominated or domineered by these uh men wearing suits uh-huh 
I think it's going on the stereotypical trope to men is that you wear a suit like this, women will melt in your hands like you know, freaking shock. Well, I mean, that's what I mean. That's what advertising is. But, well, here's here's the but thing. There's a subtleness okay. to it. I mean, yeah, like, you don't supposed to give confidence. Yeah, that's not, why I say it's crude. Right. It's I, like, I, 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 and you know, it's interesting because a lot of the it's lot like you when you buy clothes, you want to be buying clothes that you think will make you look more attractive, right? Yes, but which the, is a sexual desire for sure, at like, base. Yeah, but I mean. It's just crude. It's, it's like extremely crude. In a way. It, like, it's very juvenile. And and here's the thing: like I would expect this from like certain types of brands that like maybe like I don't Abercrombie know, I, or like, something. Just, just like crappy brands, but like uh-huh. as a but for like a suit company where you're supposed to be exuding like some sort of uh, class, class exactly. Yeah, uh-huh. You just you look like you're some you know. Um, the, uh, s- some account manager that got the job because his, your dad knew somebody yeah. and you're a spoiled brat and uh-huh. you're going to wear a $500 Maybe suit. that's who they're advertising to. I don't think those... That's their that, target. That, that's disgusting. But I will say this. I uh-huh. will say this. Um, that the advertising has little issue in Europe. Uh-huh. So these are advertisements. A lot of them are advertisements that are run in Europe. Mm-hmm. I've never seen these advertisements run in the United States. And I think yeah. a big part of that too is that Americans are really hypersensitive to sexualized, you know, imagery. They're just more conservative in that sense. But here's what we're not conservative about. So in Europe, sex, nudity, things like that, uh-huh. much more liberal, much more mm-hmm. open to that. Yep. But in the United States is the opposite. But for violence, guns, things of that, oh, yeah. the United uh-huh. States are oh yeah, you want to show some guy getting blown up on national television yep. uh, for a movie and not rated R or mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah, it's fine. But to the Europeans, they're like, yo, this is ridiculous. Like, you uh-huh. know what I mean? I can deal with seeing some topless clad women, but yeah. as far as showing blood, gore, and guts, like you Americans are barbaric. You know what uh-huh. I mean? And I think too that comes to our puritanical you know, upbringing. Definitely. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, uh-huh. I feel like Americans themselves, like, we love torturing ourselves. And I guess that has, a, a, you know, somehow, immacu- not immaculated, somehow formed into this desensitized. Yeah, there you go. Metastasized okay. into this desensitized idea of what violence can be. Yeah. And we're okay with that versus sexuality, nudity, things like that. We're still hung up on it. Mm-hmm. For the sheer fact of the matter is that we are having those Christian, moral, Quaker yeah, that's basis. Def- you know what that's I mean? definitely it for sure. You know, it's just, and then Europe is always that sinful, lustful, and it's terrible you know, place. it's not even Europe. That I mean, to some extent, it's the same thing. Like as far as sexual morality goes, in like the UK, right? It's kind con- and in Canada, sort of. Like it's more so than just an American thing. It's an Anglo thing, hmm. English speaking wor- right, world, right, like right. where it's really liberal in regards to sex, especially in in like you know, it's mainland Europe. Yeah, mainland yeah, Europe. Yeah, yeah, yeah especially yeah. in the north. Interestingly, yeah. Well, the Dutch have always been pretty liberal. Yeah, you know uh-huh. what I mean, and so have. Uh, the Finnish, um, oh, those were those were safe havens actually for many minority groups within, um, like Protestants. You mean, right? Yeah, Protestants or or even even the Quakers. The Quakers yeah, uh-huh. were welcome to be in in the Netherlands, but the mm-hmm. Quakers chose not to base themselves there and chose to go to America because mm-hmm. they not that not that they were um, religiously segregated in in in, in the Netherlands uh-huh. but because they didn't want their children to be speaking Dutch hmm. you know what I mean they said yeah. no I want I want to keep to our English roots but I just want to worship what I want to worship when I want to worship it. And so because of that, that's why they call it the Pennsylvania Dutch, because yeah, a lot of the uh-huh. sectarian uh, divide that came from England went to the, to, went to the Netherlands. And uh-huh. then from the Netherlands, they went to the United States because they couldn't be in England. Yeah, so that's that makes That's why they call it the Pennsylvania Dutch. Very interesting. Um, but they're not Dutch at all. Um, they're closer to German than anything else. Uh-huh. Uh, 
but that's just how it turned out to be. It's a very confusing, actually, aspect of history. But regardless, um, yeah, they, they've been known, the Northern Europeans, to be very liberal, very in, that reg- liberal in, that, yeah. in that regard. Uh-huh. Um, the French are pretty liberal, too, though. Yeah, big t- which is really interesting because, I don't know, you kind of feel like, because they're also more Catholic. And the places right. that have gotten, like, really liberal in regards to sexuality, they've mainly been the more Protestant places, like, you know, Netherlands, Scandinavia. Right. But then America, or the Anglosphere, we're so conservative in that sense, but we're also Protestant, so it's very complicated. I think think it is complicated, and I think, too, it has to deal with just just the underlining idea of culture and and the interpretation of it. And plus, I don't know, I think when it's super freaking cold out, what else are you going to do besides stay in your room with your significant other or others? Yeah, that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like, Uh gosh darn, like... I mean, depression kills. That's why. That's why certain activities can help alleviate such uh, such things. But then again, the Brits don't have great weather either, so I don't know yeah. what the deal is. Absolutely not a clue whatsoever. Uh, so, regardless, I think you know, having buying a suit would be something that I'm looking into doing. And I don't know. We'll see what happens. It's Buy a, that suit, man. It's like five hundred bones, but it's spend it. It's a good. It's a what good. else are you going to spend that money? On? Uh, you're going to waste it one way or another. Yeah, might as well buy you're, a suit. You're, you're probably completely right. And I always want. I always want this to walk around this suit. I think after that trip to Manhattan, oh, I was right. like, oh boy, I was like, that I gotta, was it, isn't it? I got to get a suit. You're feeling um, insecure. No, it's not that. I just, I just feel yeah, like I'm, I'm at an age right now in my life. If I don't have a good suit in my uh-huh. wardrobe, I feel like crap. Makes like, sense. I think, I think one suit, one freaking suit. Here's what we got to do, David. What? One day, we're going to have to film a podcast, record a podcast <laughs> where we're both wearing suits. Okay. And maybe we'll maybe like the quality see, will be better. Maybe, exactly. Maybe it's going to be like, whoa, this was the best one ever. All right. Well, I think that's a, that's a good idea. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I, think, I think you guys need to tell us... Uh, your dreams. Your dreams. Uh, and then also tell dreams. us uh, what, what type of suit you think, uh, think would be best to buy. Hmm. Um, I'm, I'm thinking about charcoal gray. I mean, yeah, I feel like I like charcoal gray. That's like my favorite yeah. color of like dress things. Yeah. Probably what I'd go with for sure. We can't both have charcoal gray suits. Well, then we're going to have to fight over <laughs> who has it. And I'm going to win. I don't know. Not with them small hands. <laughs> <laughs> Look at your wrists. All right. Well, we should have an arm wrestling contest. You would win the arm wrestling contest. Then that's what we're going to do. No, no, that's not what we're going to do. <laughs> We're going to have a poetry recital contest. Ooh, That's I, what we're going to do. That'd be awesome. I would win. I'd love to read poetry. I, again I would on, win. On Guys, select some poetry for us to read, too. Yeah. That'd be, that'd give us, awesome. give us some poetry. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's been a pleasure. Tim, I thank you for coming over here this, uh, this Always week a pleasure. and talking to us about the latest news on the cruise. That, yes, whatever that means, yes. <laughs> news on the cruise. Uh, I'd like to remind all of our listeners that um, we have a, a Facebook account, uh, Tim and Dave Show Podcast. Uh, please subscribe, like, write a comment down. And we'd love to hear your thoughts about the production and any suggestions you have. Uh, or just, you know, saying a good shout out to us. Uh, slowly but surely, we're, we're reaching many people across, uh, across the great nation of the United States and some internationally. But we take, we'd love to hear a shout out from all you. Uh, we also have a Patreon account. Uh, Patreon is a donation service that allows for uh, people to donate uh, small sums of money to uh, to uh, us. Uh, if if you find it that you're able to do so, that'd be great. That um, you know to help pay for some of the upfront costs of the podcast. Uh, much obliged. We already have a few donors already, and you know it's super. The Patreon account is uh, Patreon.com, uh, and then our account name 
name is Tim and Dave Show Podcast. Uh, anything would be a great help to us. Um, but the best thing we can ask for you to do is just spread the word about our podcast. Yeah, I mean, post it on your Facebook, talk to people about it, Twitter it. I mean, that's that's the way to do it. Yes. Word of mouth. Yeah, word of mouth. If you like it, tell others. Please. Um, that's how we got a lot of our first couple of viewers. Uh, but again, thank you all so much for listening. Uh, Tim and I love doing this. Mm-hmm. And uh, one day or another, we're going to figure out uh, how to get us on suits and uh, yes. to while doing this on the podcast. So, oh, yeah. Uh, again, guys, we couldn't do this without you, and we really appreciate all the support we've had so far. It's been great. It's been super fun. This is Tim. And this is Dave. And this is the Tim and Dave Show. Take care, everyone. Yeah, I think that would be a good idea if we had yeah. like some sort of like, suits and things yeah, of that nature. Yeah, we, we can just do it. Yeah, we can do a break dancing competition. Yeah. That would be great, you know? Yeah. <laughs>